Good morning. I'm Wimala. Today is Sunday, March the 13th, and uh, it is Daylight Savings Time uh, finishing, I guess. So let's jump right into it. Um, I want to start by reading my wish because there's so much going on in the world and reminders of uh, what we can be more focused on than just uh, worrying or being upset by the news and what's happening in Ukraine, just the same way it's happening all over the world. So let's let's read my wish and think about uh, think about our intentions and think about our relationship with the world and with all others. May I become at all times, both now and forever, a protector for those who need protection, a guide for those who have lost their way, a ship for those with an ocean to cross, a sanctuary for those in danger, a lamp for those without light, a place of refuge for those who lack shelter and a servant to all in need. By means of these meritorious deeds, may I never join with the unwise, only the wise, until the time I attain awakening. So, the whole world is samsara. So, uh, that's what we are reminded of all the time. And there's a reason we're reminded of that. Because that helps us with our understanding of, of uh, what this world is about. It's samsara. It's that uh, kind of endless rounds of uh, suffering that we create for ourselves, right? And that the world creates. So there's a lot for us to learn. There's a reason. And it's, uh, it's, we, we learn how to end suffering for ourselves by finding ways to, to uh, stand back and be more of an observer than a player. So let's go back to our book. We're reading from the Heartwood of the Bodhi Tree, the Buddha's teaching on voidness or uh, uh, not-self. So the last, we're, we're in the chapter on knowing sunyata. Sunyata is, the, uh, is voidness, or we often talk of it as anatta, the uh, non-self. So we talked about in this first section of this chapter, Sunyata, one of the, uh, what he, here's what he's advising us to do, and this I think this was our homework. Uh, contemplate, this is thinking about um, Sunyata. There are two kinds of Sunyata. First, sunyata refers to the characteristic or, or fundamental nature of everything, of all things. And he asks us to contemplate that and observe it in nature and ponder it until we perceive that all things display the characteristics of sunyata. It's just that we can't see it. 
There is a Zen koan that says, an ancient pine tree is proclaiming the Dhamma. That epitomizes it. This word sunyata in its second applications application points to the quality of the mind when it isn't grasping and clinging at anything. So that's that's the the that's what we think of when it's uh, when we're it's the voidness. It's just that our minds, the quality of the mind when it isn't grasping and clinging at anything. That is, that is sunyata as well. So the first meaning of sunyata points out that all things are void, void of self, that voidness is the inherent characteristic of all things. The second meaning points to the mind that isn't grasping or clinging at anything. So that's what we want to understand especially. I think most of us can see, oh, the Dhamma is is in all things. All things are teachers. All things are, are there, all phenomena, all of nature. They're there for us. But it's also when we can let go when of, of we, of me, mine, when it removes, when it, however, when the mind completely throws off the things enveloping it, when it removes the grasping and clinging, Called by, caused by delusion and ignorance, then the mind has the character of sunyata through its non-clinging. So this next section is called remainderless quenching. Just remember your uh, division, long division that you learned in school, remainderless quenching. It should now be clear that the word void is equivalent to let me excuse me is equivalent to the remainderless quenching of ego and egoism, the total cessation of the experience of I and mine. So the total cessation of the experience of I and mine, that that's the clinging. Void is the same as the total quenching of self. The self is merely a condition that arises when there is grasping and clinging in the mind. We don't see it as void, but it sees self, but see it as self. So when we are clinging to things, to people, to ideas, to... um, whatever we cling to, whatever we hang on to. We see that as self because of our grasping and clinging through ignorance and desire. So without intending to, we cling because the mind doesn't know better. Grasping arrives by itself. That's a great sentence. Because the mind doesn't know better. Grasping arises by itself. Not that we make a deliberate effort or conscious attempt to establish this or that as a self. When the mind contains ignorance, it inevitably experiences all things as being or having selves without requiring deliberate will or intention. If 
Correct understanding occurs so that all things are seen as they truly are. We will see the truth that sunyata is the remainderless quenching of self. Thus we may state the fundamental principle that void means the remainderless quenching of self. That being so, we must give some attention to correctly understanding the phrase remainderless quenching. What quenching has a remainder and what is quenched and what quenching doesn't have a remainder? That's something left over. The cessation that has a remainder represents a mere change of shape or form. Although one form is extinguished, there remains the germ of a new one. There is still endless grasping and clinging in the mind, first at this thing and then at that thing. The satipatthana, or wisdom or knowledge of Dhamma, that has not yet reached its peak, so hasn't we haven't risen to the highest point of understanding, can quench only some types of grasping, only some aspects of clinging, some of the time. Some people may see that dust is not self, but see a sparrow as being self. Others may see that trees and animals are not selves, but take people to be so. As seeing people as independent entities or as selves, some will say that the body is not self, but that the mind is. This is called incomplete cessation. Some aspects are extinguished, but others are always left behind as self. Uh, one may realize that the mind is not self, but still takes certain qualities of the mind, such as virtue, to be self. Or one may believe that if all these things are not self, then that which is beyond time, eternal and unchanging, the Nibbana element, is self. This sort of extinguishing always leaves a seed. Whenever we see, sweep out the whole lot, even the Nibbana element as not self, that is called the true remainderless quenching of self and ego. Therefore, the phrase, the remainderless quenching of ego, means the non-arising of ego consciousness. But this must be practiced, which means we must prevent the arising of ego. To practice consistently in this manner may also be called the remainderless quenching of ego. Correct or impeccable practice refers to practice whereby ego consciousness has no way of rising again. In other words, we don't allow it to rise at any moment. That's a, that's a big challenge. There's, I have just less than one more page to read. The meaning of birth. What has been said thus far provides a basis for understanding the phrase the birth of ego. Here, birth doesn't mean birth from a mother's womb. It means birth within the confines of the mind's concepts and thoughts. Whether you call it taking birth or being born, it must refer only to taking birth or being born 
within the mind's experience. When we feel that I am I, where is it experienced? Please understand that it arises in the mind. Birth happens there. Thus, this birth is not the physical birth of a flesh and blood body. We must understand that physical birth, even though the body has already emerged from the womb, may be considered utterly meaningless unless there is mental birth. Even though the body already has emerged from the womb, may be considered utterly meaningless unless there is a mental birth, a birth of ego consciousness. I am I. The body is nothing but a lump of matter until there is grasping and clinging to self. At that moment, the birth of that lump of flesh is complete. That is, inwardly, there is the sense of being self. Therefore, the true meaning of birth is defined as the sense of being self. After a child is born physically, in the moment that self-consciousness arises in it, the child is said to be born. As soon as that feeling is absent, the child dies and reverts to being a lump of flesh once more. As long as there are no other feelings that are able to stimulate the creation of self, we cannot say that the child is born. It's as if the child were dead. Then all of a sudden, at any moment, if some sense object, something, makes contact, then self-consciousness arises again. Thus the child is born again, and then shortly afterwards the child dies again. So we say that in a single day one is born many times. However, if one lives in such a way as to prevent self-consciousness from arising, one is not reborn. One lives in sunyata. Well, okay, that leaves us all in great uh, confusion, confusion or kind of shock. But it's our um, if any of our sense, if any of any any sense object makes contact, then self consciousness arises again. So that this being, this in this body is uh, is aroused by sense objects, by the, the thinking, uh, tasting, smelling, touching, hearing. So it is contact with senses, with a sense uh, information coming into us that creates all of this, all of this that causes us to be human. So uh, that's, that's how we can talk about in one day we can be born again and again. But um, if one lives in such a way as to prevent self-consciousness from arising, one is not reborn. One lives in sunyata. So we, we have to, we will read about that. The next chapter is called Levels of Sunyata. So this is a pretty mind-boggling uh, place to stop. So we need. It, let's at least let's at least work to understand it. 
This may be a very hard concept to even understand how it operates. Or most of us would say, well, why do we not, why do we not want to be self-conscious? You know, we have a, probably have a very different uh, meaning for that. So this is getting more and more intriguing. It is beautiful here, uh, even with this kind of challenging reading to go through. And he's, he's understandable, but some of the concepts are almost beyond me, uh, you know, what it would be like to be completely unself-conscious and what it really mean, what it really means compared to what we might think it means. So today, let's focus on a beautiful day. I have lots of squirrels running around and, uh, the weather kept saying yesterday that we should expect snow kind of very late last night. Never happened. It's beautiful. There was never any snow. And the squirrels are enjoying being out. It's probably feels very spring-like to them. And uh, the sun is shining. There don't seem to be any clouds in, in my little piece of the sky. So... If you have sunshine where you are, or, or you have weather that you really appreciate, I hope you can really enjoy it today. So why don't we, we can sit for just a little bit. Let's do that. Because some of this, uh, the te- these teachings on voidness, on sunyata, or the concept we call anatta, which is no self, they, they are, these are, these are challenging because sometimes we don't even have the words to understand or mentally it's difficult to grasp the concept it's very different from what almost all of us have have, most of us especially westerners let's say it's very different from what we've been taught and how do we imagine uh how do we imagine being other than we are and that's part of our sunyata. I mean, that's part of our um, difficulty because it's hard for us to imagine ourselves being different than we are. And what we are is a lot of grasping and clinging, because this, those sense, the sense, the sense contact we make, we 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 prefer we prefer it to feel good or what we want to feel. So that's when we begin to cling. We begin, we begin to cling to the things that make us feel uh, satisfied instead of dissatisfied. So we kind of create ourselves and build our lives trying to find comfort and safety and satisfaction and happiness and pleasure uh, the way that we have learned to get it. So... It's, we're telling, we are, when we're trying to learn this new concept and experience it, it can be, for me, it can be really, really difficult. And, and he's the next part we're going to read will be him talking about um, the levels of it. So, yeah, the Western, <laughs> Eva says the Western mind is boggled. It is very, very much so. So what we can if we can understand even the basic levels and kind of build on that, uh, that's good progress. And it can be something that can help us out when we have, 
you know, if we forget the concept and kind of slide back into old ways, it can be something that we can keep remembering as much as we can. And it, and it will help us uh, in, in some of the suffering that, we, that we're so used to in this world. So let's sit for just, a, we have a few minutes. So let your eyes close. Just be aware of your body breathing. Just have your hands in your lap. Your palms can be up or down. Roll the shoulders back. That's always helpful for me. And then relax. Let go of tightness. And just be with the breath. Let's have a light focus on each inhale and each exhale. aware of the body breathing. And when the mind becomes distracted, you lose your focus on the breath. When you notice that, just keep coming back to the breath. Start over again. Just come back to the breath. Notice where you feel the breath in your body. Just keep coming back to focusing on your breath. Find the point. It might be in your belly where you feel your breath and are 
or present with it. It might be around your nostrils. can observe thoughts arising, but don't get caught up in your thoughts. Just watch them arise and then let them go. Same way with your other senses. Be aware of them. Be aware of hearing. But don't get distracted by the sounds and try to create stories or uh, think about what the sounds are coming from. Just Be aware of sound, be aware of any smell, a fragrance or a bad smell. Be aware if there's a taste in your mouth or if it feels dry. Be aware of contact, how your skin feels, if it's in a breeze or if it's cool or warm. Just let go and let everything be.
Before we end, let's send blessings, good thoughts, our prayers to all parts of the world where people are in fear for their lives, where there's war, where there's hunger, where there's thirst. May all beings in the world be at peace and be able to live in peace. And may there soon be peace in Ukraine and all of these other places that we know where there is constant war going on, constant upheaval. May everything that we do and say and think today be done not only for our own benefit, but for the benefit of all sentient beings in this world and throughout the universe. So thank you.